and welcome to episode 93 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast, where we continue to cast our eyes back at 2017, but this time focusing on them, their video games, what we have played. Ooh. You seem more excited this time. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to episode 93. I'm Brian Ennis. And I'm Aravinsky. I've just had a load of energy drink and feeling way, way more excitable. Let's have another one. Yes. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I dreamt I overdosed on cocaine and died the other day. Fucking hell. Um, Never taken cocaine, never overdosed, never died. It's good to know. Yeah. (laughs) This would be quite weird otherwise. It's quite a weird dream. Yeah. Everything went blue and fuzzy. So now I'm almost tempted to do a bunch of the cocaines, like what the kids do, and uh, see see what it's actually like, and see if I've managed to predict what <laughs> cocaine is. Yeah, it's possible you could have accidentally released the right chemicals. Yeah, but no, no, let's not do that. No, no. So we're going to talk about video games, and this is the year that video games were tried to be turned into drugs by evil publishers who want you to inject loot boxes directly into your veins. Yay! Yes. So. It's quite weird because I love I love games I yeah. love video games. Yeah. Um, when I was a when I was but a wee nipper when I was a young warthog, I um, I didn't have like friends who were into board games and stuff. Yeah, right, I used to go to Games Workshop a lot um, when I could, but mostly my gaming time was video games. Yes, and. Video games are now a much bigger thing, a much more wider-ranging or wider-reaching medium. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've kind of gone off games a bit. Like yeah. The really big releases. What are, like, the big, big games? Call of Duty World War II. Yeah. Star, Star Wars Battlefront II. Uh, what else has been massive? Destiny. Destiny. None of those have appealed. No. Don't give a shit. No. Now, I was hoping Joe could join us for this episode, but he's <laughs> dead in a bin, so we're going to have to soldier on. Yeah. Um, Murdered by loot boxes, ironically. Yeah, he was. He, he collapsed under the weight of his own addiction to digital tat. <laughs> <laughs> digital tat would be a fucking great studio name in the modern climate, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's yeah. free, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, don't like it. I, no. I, 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 it doesn't appeal. No. I don't don't care. I played Battlefield 1 at the tail end of 2016 mm. going into this year and then realised that I could spend £12 to unlock all the weapons that I wanted for the class I liked yeah. instead of playing the game. And what? I immediately went, oh, uh, and had a weird kind of cognitive dissonance and stopped mm. playing. Because your instinct is to go, I need that stuff now to actually compete. Oh, wait, that's not fun. Now, this is a, a horse what has been flogged to death. Yeah, it has. Um, um, beaten down into a mushy pulp and then inserted into Tesco lasagnas. Yes. Yeah. But it deserves to be chewed out and shat back out again. Yes. So we'll go back into it. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so it's not something you want to like labour over. No, no, no. But but a lot of the big games just just pass me by because I don't want to. I don't want to grind in a game. No. Um, unless it's some kind of sexy game. Yeah. But I'm playing with a real life person. <laughs> Fair enough. Or corpse. But we all have our peccadillos. <laughs> but, you know, it's not something that... They're not games that appeal. No. And they seem to be working on this kind of cycle of addiction in that you... I mean, there was the, the pattern of oh, showing you the shy, the person who's shit. better than you with the shiny shit, so you want the shiny shit 
Yeah. Two, and then you become the shiny person for someone else, and then they show you someone even shinier. Yeah. Which is just bad. Yeah, it's just... It's bad. It's just casino levels of yeah. advertising. But mm. I think the reason that Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, got a real big thing is that people see Star Wars as this beloved franchise, mm-hmm. but people understand that, that Star Wars is aimed at kids. Like Call of Duty with loot boxes, it's got an 18 on the cover because it's got like giblets and that that come out people's heads when you shoot them. Yeah. Battlefront don't do that. No. Um, Battlefront is... Arguably accessible for kids as well. The main the main thing is the teenage boy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and mostly, you know, if yeah. you're going to stereotype, which maybe you shouldn't these days. But, no. but it's it's aimed at... It's seen as being aimed at young people. And it's yeah. big enough beyond the world of gaming that people don't really understand games. Like, oh, Star Wars is doing this, and mm-hmm. it annoys them. Yes. So I'm quite glad that's happened. I'm hoping that things will tone down a bit. Yeah, it's, it's brought into the limelight enough for them to go, maybe we need to be a bit more careful about yeah. this. And there's always those people that make the argument of, well, no one's forcing you to buy the digital tap. No one's forcing you to take drugs either, but that's the mm. problem for people. Yeah, it can be addictive for people. Yeah. And it's, they are using every method at their disposal to try to get you to buy in and to pay stuff. And it affects the game. It affects the way the game is built. It affects yep. the way the game progresses. Yep. And now with things like Battle, Battlefront, it's affecting how you do in the game. Mm-hmm. There is a definite have-and-have-not society yep. that's forming in these games yep. where you don't necessarily have to be good. But you just need to pay to win. You just pay to win. Pay to win is is just shit. Well, that, we talked about be... Magic the Gathering in our last uh, yeah, podcast, and so that's the big thing of why I will never get really into Magic yeah. the Gathering. It's fun to play. But, but if I want to go and compete at a high level, I need to buy these rare yeah. cards online mm-hmm. or from like someone in an alleyway. I read a really interesting article actually about a guy who used to forge magic cards. Yeah. Yeah, like forge like the really expensive stuff and sell them to people. Bloody hell. Yeah, and got really good at faking magic cards and made like a proper living at it. Fucking hell. I'll try and find it and put a link because yeah. it was really, really interesting. Um, but, but video games haven't necessarily been shit. We've, no. we've kind of long been champions of the... The underdog game, the mm. indie game, the slightly different game. Yeah. Not the big games. No. I mean, not like even fucking FIFA oh, has <laughs> that ultimate team where you open car- packs of cards that have players and then yeah. you put them in your team. You're like, oh, I've got Cristiano Ronaldo. Yay. And then you've got a better team than the other person. Like, FIFA is really yeah. into that. And I know people that that's the only mode they play in FIFA. Mm. I wouldn't have thought the crossover between FIFA players and the Critical Twits audience is huge. But, but I'm on the Critical Twits and I play FIFA, so there must be some other cunt out there what is like me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've just insulted them, though. <laughs> we could have had such a beautiful friendship. It's all right, just say banter and then... Banter! So we're going to look a little bit beyond the, the surface, maybe. Yeah. Um... And maybe find something slightly different? Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. so. I mean, the ones that have really stood out to me this year aren't necessarily indie as such. Yeah. But they have probably gone against the grain of what is industry standard, mm. seemingly, at the moment. Yeah. So, we've played quite a few indie games on the channel this year. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're continuing to do so. Mm. 
Uh, we just recorded a, it's not really indie, uh, we've just recorded Portal Bridge Constructor. Yeah. Or Bridge Constructor Portal. Yeah. That was fun. I enjoyed yeah. that. We might do another episode. Yeah. Or seven. <laughs> but uh, we've played, we played Morph Girl recently. Yeah, that I really was enjoyed quite that. fun. Uh, we played The Deed, which is old. Yeah, but... And as we said in our last, at the end of our last episode, going back and playing older stuff is actually quite good. Yeah, I don't mind it. Oh, this this is why remasters exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. People people really get in on remastered stuff. Yeah, I almost bought the Bioshock remastered stuff. Yeah, and then realised I've got still got my three hundred and sixty and yeah. all the games, and yeah. was like, I can't really justify <coughs> another thirty quid. Yeah, same. Even though it'll look prettier. Yeah. Nah, it's the same game. I'll probably cave if it was fifteen quid. I'd buy it. Yeah. So, what we'll, we'll save? We'll give some awards. Game of the year awards. Yeah, yeah. we can do. Yeah. Cool. I love the the sound of us actually working out what we're doing on the podcast. On the podcast. Yeah, it's good. I think it gives people a nice insight into how these things work. <laughs> Our disorganisation. Yes. Um, What's the most interesting game you've played this year? Most interesting. I think near Automata has actually been probably my most interesting one what near a tomato yeah it's about getting proximity to a greengrocer it is yes excellent yeah um which is why it was odd because that's that's very different it is normal. unusual yeah, yeah. there's I no mean, there's no anime women or robots or top-down gunplay no no not at all well you know it's it's all about that fruity vegetable <laughs> <laughs> i like that as a description for a tomato <laughs> a fruity vegetable because it kind of a fruity vegetable yeah it's not a vegetably fruit though is it no it's not no because that would that doesn't work no <laughs> cool actually near automata don't yeah you? um which it's odd it's it's really odd i wanted to play it yeah. i tried to buy it and it's still really expensive it on, is online yes which is normally a good sign yeah, for a game people are still playing it. and equally that's quite good because it's quite important other people are still playing it even though it's a single play game yeah um but yeah i played through completed it yeah um i was really interested there were some very odd scenes that seemed to juggle bordering on being very silly and being incredibly sort of melancholy and dark at the same time i like stuff like that i like i like bittersweet yes things yeah um or darkly humorous things yes yeah and, and there's a lot of that there is there is a certain amount of anime bullshit in there yeah so it's kind of in an anime style when you play a robotic lady yeah who sometimes you see her lady robot pants yeah which is one thing that kind of put me off actually i'm not kind of yeah it's a bit weird i'm not I mean, i'm not a prude no but at the same point but like it, need, is it necessary needless robot lady pants is needless yeah a little bit um, um but the, the the male characters are equally quite dressed in fairly sort of yeah literally well, sort of um, provocative I suppose clothing. what they're saying the robot has been built by people so the robot is a reflection of the people that have built it but yes. at the same time the game can't resist giving you an upskirt shot when she does a backflip yeah yeah it's yeah. a bit weird well, so those... but apparently it's much better than that so it's set in the future and you've yes. got lots of different types of gameplay in there and... yeah multiple types so it's, it seems like a third person brawler mm. a lot of the time um, it's also a top-down shooter at yep. times. It's also a bullet hell game. It's an open-world exploration thing. It's a puzzle platformer. It doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. Yeah, somehow they all kind of work and mesh together quite nicely. Yeah. Um, and it's a game that rewards you very nicely for playing it 
again and a lot of these games give you a little bit of a boost of an extra thing you know new game plus new game plus you get suddenly an extra powerful sword or extra outfit or the enemies get harder in the game like Dark Souls yeah Yeah. Uh, the enemies get harder you get get some extra weapons and stuff to complete the game the game completely changes yeah each time you play it when you think you've completed it you haven't no so it resets you back to the beginning of that story but gives you different perspectives and things on it yes it does yeah yeah this is part of why I was interested it seemed it seemed comfortable breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It seemed interesting playing around with the idea of what a game was and how game narratives work yes. and and that kind of thing. I mean, it has... One of the things I, I think you told me about was you can you can pull a chip out of your own head yeah. and die. Yes. And yeah. it just finishes the game. Yeah. You just click a button in a menu and you die. Yeah. Essentially, you, the, the the chips are used to give you upgrades and stuff, and you've got a limited amount of memory. Yeah. And the one that is your OS is quite a huge chunk of your memory. Mm. So I went, I bet it's just like the HUD and stuff like that. Or, you know, it's a HUD one there, but you know, I'll remove that. I'll probably just remove something else and be fine. No, it does genuinely kill you and restart yeah. the game. Which um, is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> there's another. There's a quest in it that they ask you to go get something, and you go get it, and then they say, oh, cool, right, I've done this for it, try it. If you do that, you die. Okay. So they ask you to go get a fish. Now you can eat food in the game, so it's yeah. they're sort of, they seem to be able to process food. Yeah. Um, but they ask you to go get an anchovy, I think it is, yeah. a very oily fish, and you eat it, and it just clogs up all the stuff your internals. Okay. And you just go. Your last thoughts are about how t- tasty the fish was, but unfortunately, it probably wasn't worth it. And then I say the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah. lots of little bits. It's like got that. lots of different endings. And Loads of different. Like, yeah. You can you can run away from your main mission, and it will give you an ending. And it's not. A, it doesn't feel like a punishment. It gives you something extra for doing these things by can going you then against. Just sort of reload and go and do the thing. You don't need to play the whole game again. No, no. Like it, in a roguelike kind of way, because that would be a bit. Bit of pain in that thing. And no, it, when you do those moments, it just goes back to kind of the last save point. Okay. It doesn't really massively punish you. Um, but yeah, there's a quite a few little meta mechanics and things like that yeah. as well, which I won't go too much into because it's spoiler territory for anyone yeah. who hasn't played it, but it's been intriguing and has kept me playing. Yeah. I think that the most interesting game I played is one of those games, it's, it's kind of a AAA game, but it's not. Yeah. Which is Persona 5. Yeah. Now I've played like 20 hours of it and you can find it all on our YouTube channel. Mm. Look at me plugging shit. I know. <laughs> that sounds like I'm plugging shit. <laughs> That's not pleasant. That's a different game. <laughs> Persona 5 is like, like I haven't played a, a Japanese role playing game in years because they mm. tend to take 4 million years to play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, daddy gets bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, it's a fusion of a high school simulator and a really weird SM based <laughs> Japanese turn based RPG with some stealth elements in a thing and it's 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 got all this different stuff going on. And what I wasn't prepared for when I played Persona 5 was quite how dark it is. Mm. Really, really kind of oppressive it's got a kind of you know it's hard to grow up yeah. but actually it really is hard to grow up for some of these kids that are in the in the yeah. game and yet it also has a similar kind of sexual exploitation of its characters yeah the the cheerleader girl when you flip into the alternate world is dressed in a kinky cat suit and keeps sticking her ass in the camera for no apparent reason yeah and hits things with a whip and it's like <laughs> what yeah. It's really weird. 
Yeah. And it's it's just such an odd game. I've never played a Persona game before. You have played oh, a Persona yeah. game before. Yeah, I've played, played two of them. But I realised, I, I played about 20 hours of it, as I say, and then I, I looked at where I was and I was about a fifth of the way through the game <laughs> and I was just like... Yeah, it can be a bit... I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Because I was trying to play it on Twitch. But it's such it's a... so long. I should have picked something much smaller for my yeah. first like Twitch playthrough. Uh, if you want me to finish it, let me know. If a million of you do, then I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> um, but it was just a really weird kind of balance. But I was quite enjoying it. But it was, again, it had that grinding to it where you're like levelling up or you're going back to the same location and repeating bits. Yeah. And it started to started to drag a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it can do. Um, well, but that's, that's the thing with those Japanese RPGs again. Yeah. Um, Persona 4 Golden was quite nice because it was on a portable platform. So you could just kind of take it with you and dip in and out. Yeah. Well, expect yeah. spend 20 minutes doing a bit of a grind, save, come back and do a little bit more. And then up again, yeah. zen-like moment playing it. And then you could get really into it doing later on. Yeah. But, but yeah. It's definitely interesting. It's yeah. very weird. Um, and it has... It kind of labours the point in places, but it, it's talking about sort of... There's, there's elements of, like, Jungian psychology and mm-hmm. Freud and um, psychoanalysis that are involved in what they're doing. And yeah, I'm never quite sure if what's happening is happening or whether all the characters are just having a mental breakdown together. And yeah. a shared hallucination, which is quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So it's, it's an interesting game. It's yeah. not my game of the year, though. No. No. Um, one game, because we talked about how Near Automata... Um, you know, Proximity Greengrocer, Mm -hmm. is still very expensive and it came out quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. One game that was really cheap really quickly and is the only reason I picked it up so quick was Prey. Mm, Yes. Prey being the spiritual successor to the System Shock games. Yep. um, In a very different way to how Bioshock kind of was supposed to be a successor, but wasn't really. No. Um, It's very similar to the System Shock games. Yes. And involves you running around a space station... Punching cups. Punching cups. I tell you what, that beginning bit of prey. Yeah. So you wake up on the space station. You've been experimented on. And you've you've kind of put yourself in the experiments. You're a scientist, but you're also a participant, it Mm -hmm. seems. And you... There's a shape-shifting alien that can disguise itself as bits of scenery. Yeah. So you walk into a room and there's... A, a table and with three chairs around it and clearly only space for two and you're like which one of these chairs is not a chair <laughs> yeah and then these things like they'll just sit and watch you and then they'll creep up behind you and eat you and it's really really tense yeah yeah i remember playing the demo and it was like fascinated by it, it was yeah frightening. it's a really good idea it doesn't really follow through on the rest of the game and you very quickly get like a thing where you can look through a camera and see what they really are. Yeah. So you just kind of have that up all the time and then it's not so bad. Yeah. Um, so I never finished Prey, but I t- that beginning, yeah. the beginning of that game is really, really good. It kind yeah. of petered out, but I still felt I got my money's worth because it was like 20 quid a month after it came out. Yeah. And I know the uh, the, re- the reception to it has been a bit mixed. But yes. But I really liked it to start with. Yeah. So petered off. Another game with very mixed reception that I've quite liked this year. Yeah. Which I think came out probably at the end of last year, but has come down massively in price. Yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda. All right, okay. Um, I quite liked it. 
Really? Because yes. I everybody I, hates it. And from what uh, some of the arguments people make are fair. Most of the companions do feel a little bit like a rehash. It came it's, out this year. It came out in March. Oh, it did come out in this year? Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't. well, no, it came out last year. It came out in 2017. Yeah. Oh, is it? Can't do. Can't do years now. Um, Numbers are hard, man. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It felt like a little bit of rehash. There were certain moments that didn't quite work. Um, yeah. The main antagonist wasn't particularly thrilling, but then. Yeah. There were a lot of other elements that were quite good to it. Now, I picked it up on the cheap much later, so they fixed most of the graphical problems, which seemed to be most of the thing people were whinging about. Now, I mean, Colin said this to me before, it's like, it, there's no excuse for it. That the you know, yeah. facial animation was shit. Yeah. Um, but to judge a whole game based on that facial animation, which is what a lot of people seem to be doing, is unfair. Yeah. Most of it was quite fun. You know, the combat was fairly engaging. It wasn't anything massively complex. Yeah, it's a cover shooter, isn't it? Really? Yeah, to yeah. a certain extent. Um, With some RPG elements bolted on, same yeah. as the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unlike the other ones where you were stuck to be in a particular class, you could flip between them. Oh, okay. Um, so if you got bored doing it in a particular way, you could just flip something else and do it that way. So that helps keep the engagement going. Yeah. I quite enjoyed exploring the planets, and there was some of the side story stuff that was brilliant. Really, really well done. Um, occasionally emotional one of the quests was hilarious yeah yeah the, um, the there's one of them where you're trying to uh, rescue one of your crew members friends uh, some friends that you used to work with off, yeah. off off a ship and you end up having an argument with him about the best way to do it while the the enemy of the ship is popping up on the vidcom trying to interrupt your conversations there's two of you just bashing the comms thing so it stops working while you're arguing because it keeps interrupting your point yeah um, and that whole whole setting was just silly and funny because everything's flipping over on itself and they're quite there's lots of typical Mass Effect quips with it yeah that sounds interesting yeah, yeah. It, it was fun it had its it had its problems it wasn't as good as the rest of Mass Effect yeah it was still okay. Yeah, because that was meant to be the start of a trip, another trilogy, and yeah. that's been shelved because it was so badly received. Yes, yeah. The DLC that was hinted at right at the end of the game has been cancelled, so yeah. you never see some of the alien races that were supposed to turn up. And yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's weird because I, I loved Mass Effect 1. Yeah. Completed that game twice. Yeah. And I don't really go back and replay things. Yeah. And and I did. I completed the second one. Mm-hmm. Played the first three hours of the third one and never touched it again. Yeah, I started replaying the third one recently from trying to play it the second time. Yeah. It was a bit better, but it's still just okay compared to the others. Yeah. Andromeda felt like that. It was... It's okay. It was okay. Yeah. But there were some. There are some highlights in it if you stick with it. Yeah. There, there was enough fun there to make it time worth it. I'm glad I didn't pay full price. Yeah. But equally, I'm happy to have played the 20 quid I paid for it. Yeah. Um... But there is loot boxy bullshit in that, so do be careful. Yeah, yeah, boo, boo. Um, one game we talked about on the podcast, mm-hmm. me and Joe talked about, oh, sorry, Joseph and I, let's, let's do this correctly, <laughs> uh, we talked about Neo. Mm. Neo, which is a PS4 exclusive, I do believe. Yes, yeah. Uh, it is Dark Souls in Japan with an attempt at plot. Uh, with a very complicated, complex combat scheme. Yeah. Very deliberate. It's it's Dark Souls is quite slow and methodical. Bloodborne was that little bit quicker. Yeah. Neo is that little bit more quicker. <clears throat> yeah. More, that little bit quicker. More yeah. faster. There we go. <laughs> and 
but still has a similar complexity. You're managing your stamina and your health and the timings of your abilities. Um, you level up, uh, yeah. you increase your stats. Very similar uh, style of game. And it was it was really, really good. Mm. I don't didn't finish it, but I think I must have spent 20, 30 hours in the world. I just didn't enjoy any of the cutscenes. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the story in any way, shape or form, and I didn't care. Yeah. And that start it started to grate on me a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I was The combat systems are lovely and well balanced and really sort of intuitive and they yeah. feel really good to play. They respond really quickly. Um and I enjoyed playing the game. The other thing it did, which actually was mildly annoying, mm is like nearly everything you kill will drop something mm -hmm. and you just end up with like 47 swords and 26 axes in your backpack and then you're going well which one of these is better yeah uh, i'll just keep the ones that have got the rare colors and sell everything else or turn it into a uh, crafting materials mm. or donate it to get um more health potions or you could do stuff with them yeah but it's like so many loot drops. So you end up doing a crap load of inventory management. And they are randomised. Yeah. Um, so you so might you have not, to check. Yeah, and you might not get something that suits your style, or you might yeah. not be able to get the last piece of that particular bit of armour. Mm. I think there's certain bits that are mandated to drop at certain play spaces and stuff, but you, you've got... Yeah, like the randomised stuff. So it's kind of like a... Almost like a adding into that Diablo style. Yeah. Looting and yeah, which... such like to a... To a Dark Souls game. Yeah. Um, so if you like those kinds of things and think that they would do well mixed together, then uh, give it a go. Yeah. I quite liked it. Or listen to our podcast and see what we said back when we were playing it. Yeah. You've been playing Torment, Tides of Numenera. Oh, yes, of course I have. Which yes. is like a, like a double down for us because it's based on a, a tabletop RPG setting. Yes. But it's also kind of a... It's a spiritual successor to Planescape Torment. Yeah. Which was an old top-down or isometric, isometric um, RPG. One of my favourite games ever. Yep. Uh, I love that game. It was a Dungeons & Dragons-based game. Yeah. That's the, the system it used to use. Um, and very philosophical, very story-based, very text-heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and is, a re is renowned as basically as being a classic game. Yeah. It's a kind of a... Do you think it was better than Baldur's Gate 2? Yes. Yeah? Really? Yeah. yeah. Because I disagree. That's fair enough. I, c I can totally understand why. But, but they are definitely the two. Those style of table. Those those style of tabletop RPGs converted to uh, to games. Yes. Or, or those style of isometric RPGs. There's yeah. kind of the holy trinity for me is Fallout Two, Planescape Torment, and Baldur's Gate Two. Yeah. They're like the games. Mm. Whether it's just because of the age I was when I played them, where I could play them for dozens of hours and get lost in them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're impressionable at that age. Yeah. But, you know, for that late 90s, early 2000s era, they were, they were the best role-play games. Yeah. And they were the role-play games that made me love role-play games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just felt that the, end, the, the the second half of Planescape Torment was just pretentious as hell and kind of boring. Um, yeah, I can see that. I think that's fair enough. At the same point, Baldur's Gate 2 got a bit sloggy for me and just felt a bit yeah it, it, it kind of carried on <laughs> yeah and it felt <laughs> like the recent you know like the Pathfinder campaign so you has got to a certain point it's like okay things are just going to be a bit of a chill yeah. now yeah um, I could see that yeah 
Did so, you play it with the uh, the Throne of Baal expansion that then go, goes on even further? Yes. Yeah. Which I don't think I even got to. Yeah. So I've completed that game. Yeah. But, you know, proper nerd. Never again. <laughs> no, no, I'd never never finish it again. They've been re-releasing them. Yes. Yeah, and get uh, phone quite cool. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Because I remember trying to play Baldur's Gate 1 on my mate's PC. Oh, sorry, on my PC and not being able to do it and having to go around my mate's house and play it. <laughs> yeah. I tried playing a um, a 60 to 100 hour RPG in an hour instalment around your mate's house after school. <laughs> it's, it's tricky shit. <laughs> it's tricky shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, the new one then. Mm. I bought the day it came out yes it had been in early access for a year and um critical twits technical officer jamie had been following that Mm -hmm. and had really enjoyed it so i bought it it's like it's a successor to one of my favorite games ever yeah played it for two and a half hours one day never pressed play again (laughs) (laughs) so he's like push forward past that point yeah and it opens up quite a bit did you have a wall was there a wall that i needed to force my way through i think so the thing with Numenera, it's quite it's quite an abstract setting. Mm. Once you understand how everything functions and start yeah. to get a sort of a handle on the language and the things that are around you, it all makes perfect logical sense. But initially, it's just batshit sci-fi mumbo jumbo. Well, it's it's one of those worlds where anything can happen because we made a thing up that allows anything to happen. Yes. So it's set in the far, 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 far future, mm-hmm. but society has kind of crumbled and yeah. it's it's not really work it's almost post-apocalyptic and they're rebuilding if you like yeah they're rebuilding on the on kind of the ashes of the last civilization yeah. which we did it before and before and before and they're kind of in their feudal state at this point yeah so you can have a wibbly wobbly swirly thing yeah that does anything yeah there can be any kind of weird magic type thing and just go oh it's old technology yeah there's a portal to this place there's this weird thing oh it's an alien that's kind of been here for thousands of years and found an and it just felt like massively like inconsistent and like i couldn't get a feel for because anything could happen i couldn't get a feel for what was actually happening right now what is it like here in this place and i didn't feel like that was a thing whereas i looked at it less in the overarching like trying to understand the overall world Mm. i look at it more on the the individual little side story that we're on or, or the setting we we're currently talking yeah. about and each of those little so- little tiny stories is is incredibly fascinating yeah. especially if you've picked a character that can talk their way through shit yeah. which I highly recommend because you don't have to fucking fight any combat at all apparently yeah which does, you just talk your way it does seem <laughs> weird yeah um, but again that's translating the system over because Numenera you can do that there, yeah. there is no reason for you to have a combat, essentially. You can if you want to. And there's lots of abilities that make you better in combat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what got me with it is it's very much a story-based game, and it's like hundreds of thousands of words of text. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel any subtlety in the storytelling. So in Planescape um, Torment, mm-hmm. you kind of wake up and you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And spoilers for a 20-year-old game. You get told a bunch of stuff right at the beginning that turns out to be bullshit. Yeah. But it's not, like, really specific bullshit. It's just enough to get you moving in a certain direction. And then you've got to kind of piece together who you are and what you're doing and why you're different. Yeah. Uh, and why you can die and come back. And what you, your past lives may have done and what they didn't do. In this, you land... And these people walk over and go, you're really, really important because you're really special because you used to be a bit of this kind of god. 
Yes. And then you have a flashback, and you're a bit of, and you're a bit of the god, and you're making some decisions as the god. And what did yeah. you do? So obviously, there's no subtlety there because there's a flashback that shows you that it really happened. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone's like, "Oh, you're really important." And I, I don't know, whatever. Not everybody could try to you, you, because you're at the early stages of the game. Yeah, and I just like, okay, I, I, there doesn't seem to be anywhere where this can go that's interesting. Whereas I've gotten, and it's not much further past that, to yeah. points where it's quite implied that those people are fucking mental, and that yes, you might have been the embodiment of something that was amazing. Yeah, that's nothing to do with you anymore. Yeah, and everything else that happening. And what you are is completely different. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And a lot of people massively distrust you because the other cast-offs, some of them are fucking mad. Yeah. And yeah. do horrible things. Um, so it's trying to figure out... It's to give room for you to create the character as you want it. Yeah. Such. Whereas Planescape Torment was more, there is a character already there, you're discovering what it is yeah. as you play. Yeah, it just felt uh, it just felt sort of heavy-handed and the, yeah, the didn't start, grab my attention in yeah. any way. No, that's I think that's fair. I think the start it's very expositiony as well at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. And and I was like, this is meant to be a marvel of storytelling, and I'm just being told a bunch of information. This this is a thing I find with a lot of these big RPGs. Like the the overall stories tend to be like I couldn't give two two shits about them. Yeah, yeah. I want to find the little side stories. They're the bits that are interesting, that are well written, that are in intriguing fallout even fallout 2 and the first fallout oh it can do that (coughs) the the overarching story was really sort of stereotypical crap really it wasn't very interesting but the other stuff you come across on your way is is intriguing yeah and the stuff you come across in torment times new marina is well written and interesting yeah and has such a expansion of different paths that those little stories can take yeah and things that can come back on you in weird ways that you're not expecting based on you mm. passing or failing a particular thing. Yeah. You know, it's a game I had to get over the instinct to reload a save when I failed something, because sometimes failing something brings a much more interesting story. To yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know Joe's been talking about it as well, and I should probably go back and try it again. Yeah. But I'd need to replay that first two and a half hours, and I don't I don't know if I can be bothered. <laughs> can't be bothered. Just, just, just hammer the expert until the expedition's gone, get through all yeah. that bit, and then get to the interesting Boring. bits. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you rate it? Is it how far through it are you? How long? Have you I saw not go out the first city yet. Oh, okay, but um, you're, you're you're finding it much more engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, because I'm exploring all the little bits yeah. and the stories and stuff. Yeah, we were going to do a full podcast on it, and I was like, no, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can in some way. Yeah. So it's doing some interesting stuff with storytelling, then. Yes. Just <laughs> not the overarching, possibly, but it might be more interesting. I've just not come across yet. Yeah. So, Aaron. What's yeah. the best video game you have played all year? Well, my video game of the year award, special Aaron head bust that could be won by nobody because there isn't one that exists because nobody wants that on the table. Dun da da da! It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Cool, okay. Which equally possibly has an overarching story. <laughs> it's it, Bobbins. It's not Bobbins, it's just, it's it te- possibly, depending on your perspective, fairly stereotypical expected Mm. it doesn't necessarily go anywhere you're not massively expecting but the way it's crafted the way it's told is incredibly engaging yeah it's it's like hearing hearing a really old ghost story being told to you by somebody who's a master storyteller they've got the the right emotional elements in the right places um she does have a stupid name though everything's made of metal and she's called alloy yeah 
Rost, and is this uh, her father, their sort of her adopted father, essentially. And but that's that tribe. That's bad. Well, it's because that's what they're surrounded by. They're surrounded by metal and references to metal yeah. in their element. So they in their element. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could take that as very cheesy, but as you get through the game, it kind of just makes it fits and it makes sense. Yeah. Is it very much a period? Dick table piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. The the combat is as difficult or as easy as you want to make it. Okay. Why um, would you choose to make something more difficult? Because you want to challenge essentially. So what do you do? Just Waking up the difficulty. Oh, okay. Or right. you can do things. You theoretically, it's one of the things I'm a little bit unsure of. You can craft your sort of weapons yeah. on the fly so you can be in the middle of combat and craft more bombs randomly yeah I prefer to play it with I have to do that at a campfire because she's having to put them together okay. to fight things so I can only use what I've got on me okay. so I'm Im- implementing things but it feels natural to, to the gameplay Okay. but each of the monsters the, well the monsters the robo dinosaurs mm. that you come across because yeah. far far future yeah yeah where something has happened. Does robot dinosaurs eventually make sense by the end of the game? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I thought that'd be a hard one to explain. Yeah. It's a cool idea. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, yeah. idea kind of... It fits and makes sense. Again, yeah. it's one of those games where the side stories, I think, are the things that make it. The combat is fun. Um, so, you know, those, the robot dinosaurs, each of them have to be handled in a slightly different way, and there's multiple ways of handling each of them. Um, but you can't just approach combat the same way every single time. You have to be mixing the way you fight up. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be standing your ground and doing things, sneaking up on them. Other times you need to be running in and smashing them in the face and yeah. using particular weapons in particular ways. So you have to constantly mix things up and think about what you're doing. Yeah. And oh, it's stunningly beautiful. And I know I'm not one. I'm not a graphics whore. Like most. Yeah. Most, yeah. A lot of people. Tend you play to a lot of old games and retro yeah, games. Yeah. Which you know stuff. I could find find them being beautiful in that way but the facial animation in this game is ridiculously high quality yeah um, there so it's is, much better than Mass Effect Andromeda yeah hugely better <laughs> <laughs> you know she doesn't she doesn't smirk at the death of her father he's um, a weird weird one yeah they've just re-released LA Noir. yes like everywhere yeah, yeah. I'm really intrigued by the remaster <laughs> but it was panned it was. it was. It was. It was okay. I quite enjoyed playing it. I played it until I got demoted and was like, I went from trying to solve murders to like trying to find some woman's dog. Yeah. Or like run some guy down who'd stolen a handbag. And yeah, I was yeah. like, this is how progression works in backwards land. Yeah. Well, it's, it's part of the story. But it I think past it. that game might be massively enhanced by the next generation of graphics because you're trying to read tells. And yes, such like. and they were so, very obvious in the in the pre game because because the, the graphics animation couldn't quite, quite cope, cope even though they had thing. But yeah, I mean, so I digress. I digress. No, no, no. It's, it's fair point because that was praised for having real life facial animation and stuff like that. And at the time, it was quite high quality. Even yeah. though you could massively tell when somebody's darting their eyes back and forth. Yeah, this. There's a little side story right at the beginning of the game, so I'm not really spoiling anything. In, in what? Sorry. In, in Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um, you come across a woman, a fellow brave of the tribe you're part, now part of. Cool. Uh, or trying to be part of. Um, who is looking for her brother, who was exiled for murdering somebody, um, but he was just trying to defend himself as far as she was concerned. But his <laughs> camp that he was left at, that he'd been had, was covered in blood, and she's really frightened. Okay. Um, so she's asking for your help finding him because she can't seem to. Yeah. And she's 
Chili trying to be stoic and tough, and you can see it in her face because she's brave. She's supposed to be strong, warrior yeah. and stuff, but her chin quivers when she's mentioning her brother and when she starts talking about how he oh, might be passed okay. away. And there's just, it's ever so subtle. It's not massive. There's just a slight glistening to the eyes, a yeah. slight quiver of the chin, enough to show somebody who's desperately trying to hold back the emotions mm. that she feels will make her weak. Yeah. And that's it, good. That immediately made me that go, makes I it, want to find... Makes it pop more. Makes it, yeah. yeah. And there's loads of moments like that. Yeah, one game I replayed this year, although technically it was new to me, but not um, was the remaster re-release of The Last of Us oh yeah which had that extra level of sort of polish mm. on the PS4 and yeah the acting in that I think yeah. is astounding yeah. there's the ending yeah yeah was even even more fucked up than I remember just because of the way the characters were kind of looking at each other yeah yeah yeah, I was going to say... It's, so it's, graphics it's, can really help. They can. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's starting to move towards that cinematography, cinematography of things. You know, yeah. a film, can tell you can tell a lot about a character within a few seconds based on their expression or the way they handle a particular situation physically. Yeah. And Horizon Zero Dawn really embraces that very, very well. And the writing's very good with it as well. Well, like yeah. I said, the overarching story might be... You know, you can probably tell where it's going by a certain point, but you still want to find out. You're still yeah. engaged with it because... You, because of the way it's written and the way everything's going with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. And it's fun to play. I've been talking mostly about story and the graphics, but it's, it's a gameplay is really engaging yeah. and fun. Does it suffer? Because it's one of these big open world games. Does mm-hmm. it suffer from the, here's 4,000 really boring things to do? No. Because that's one of the things I've found that open world games are just getting... His, his, his stuff. Yeah, it used to be, oh, you'd have <coughs> the game, the missions, a few side quests, and then like a set of collectibles and now you've got to collect the dog tags the cock rings the <laughs> potatoes yep. um, you need to do 14 different types of side quests yeah. you've then got to upgrade your mount um, and then you can unlock a new one that has its own set of different parameters yeah, yeah. you might have to like do some of the things again. and yeah and then you might have a time challenge in some of the missions so you do the same missions again but try yeah. to do it better to get a better pair of leggings for your character yeah you know it's like so much stuff crammed into into the game it's and that's what it looked yeah, like when, yeah. I, when I looked at it initially we're not yeah I was worried about that yeah. in the case but no um, there is collectible stuff in the game yeah but there's a story attached to them mm-hmm. so going out and finding them has a purpose it feels like one of the few games where I like some of the collectibles the Assassin's Creed game where you go and collect some of the memories and you get a little video and then you try and put it together at least there was like a reason rather than going I've got 67 out of 100 for dangles now yeah only 33 to go yeah 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 no I don't like busy work no I I never felt like any of it was busy work most sort of you could come across you wandering around um there is some like time trial quest things, yeah. but it's for like trying to prove yourself in a, yeah. in a combat shot. It's side quests. That's why I got fed up with like Skyrim and Fallout. They were like, there's infinite quests because it will just keep generating random ones. Yeah, but they're it's not like, interesting. Random ones where it's just kill the thing, collect the stuff, yeah. and, and you're done. There's Woo. no, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's always. <laughs> This always feels like something to doing those things. Yeah, there is there is an element of I need to murder five foxes to upgrade my backpack slightly. A oh, bit bit far cry. Yeah, but 
You'll, do, you'll be doing that on the way to doing other stuff. You need a shark skin testicle sack in yeah. order to... Get well, your wallet. We need a better wallet. That's the only way to get a better wallet. Is with That's why I keep testicles. my testicles, yeah. yeah. Oh, I meant for your own testicles. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd quite like yeah, a shark skin testicle cover. Yeah. yeah, it would. I think it would uh, just, just be comforting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so no, it, it spreads it out nicely and it doesn't feel like there's busy work going yeah. on. Yeah. Cool. So my favourite game of the year yes. um, is not Life is Strange again, because apparently you can't have the same game two years in a row. Really? No. Because I'd have quite happily joined you on that as well. It's good, isn't it? It's yeah. good. Have you played the new one? No. I just downloaded it because I wanted to wait for all of the episodes to come out and then I could play them all in one go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't got around to playing them yet, but I will do soon. Um, my favourite game of the year, a bit of a weird one. Mm. You can go back and watch me play it on the YouTube channel. Mm. See Aaron, see? Marking. But I'd recommend that you just buy it and play it yourself um, if you're into games. Uh, And my my favourite game of the year is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Mm. It's so good. Um, It's very much a story-based game. It has two different types of gameplay and it has really, really brutal sword fighting and it has slightly dull, I have to admit, searching around the landscape and sort of spatial awareness puzzles and that kind of thing but it has it's just so different it's just so different to other games i have played it's the first game i've played where it takes what feels like a mature look at mental health issues okay yeah and it's not set in an insane asylum no like many games before it yeah um, it doesn't you don't go mad and hallucinate a bit and your health bar drops and you have to hide in a corner for a bit <laughs> um, it's in fact the only other ga- I'm trying to think of other games with that deal with mental health issues in the same way Silent Hill series has intermittently been good at looking at stuff like that yes not always and as the series progressed it got much worse at it yeah, yeah. Um, but in Hellblade Senua has travelled to to the underworld mm-hmm. in order to find the soul of her lost love and bring him back to life. Oh. And she has been cursed and is seen as being possessed or sort of almost... She's, she gets punished for mm-hmm. uh, the hallucination she has. She is schizophrenic. Okay. Um, and with that schizophrenia comes other issues. There's obviously... Um, the things that are talking to her are sort of picking on her insecurities. They're belittling her. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's sort of anxiety, depression and things like that involved oh, okay. in this character. That's, I mean, I mean, it's set in the underworld, but she'd have been hanging around a thousand years ago. Yeah. But they're very modern issues still. Yeah. yeah. And the character, you're kind of, <laughs> it's weird because sometimes the voices will help you out. They'll tell you to duck. And if Mm -hmm. you roll out of the way, something behind you is trying to kill you. Sometimes they'll tell you to duck and there's nothing there and you roll into an attack. They will, as you're trying to cross a beam over a burning building, they'll be like, don't look down, don't look down. You're going to slip, you're going to fall off. They'll argue. Different voices will argue. And if you wear headphones, which I highly recommend when you play the game, they will like move around and and spin around you and they're quite disorientating. That's, That's... Clever, actually. All of the spatial awareness puzzles are based on how you look at things. Mm -hmm. You change your perspective and things look differently. So the gameplay's kind of tying in with the theme. Yeah. It's quite clever. Yeah, yeah. 
the combat is horrible. Mm. Um, not in a like it's bad to play. Yeah. It's very good to play. It's but she has weight to her movement. She can't just hammer the buttons. Mm. Um, although I did a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's much better if you don't. Um, your moves have meaning in a kind of dark soulsy kind of. If you miss your attack, you are yeah. wide open. Again, sort of more um, natural, real feel. Yeah, too. and the camera comes right in close, so it's very claustrophobic, it's which really was off putting to that. start with. But actually, again, really ties in with the that with panic the of, of fighting. Yeah. yeah, and it was an emotional journey. Mm. I felt some feelings, Aaron. Oh, it's always good. Yeah, well. um, and it was it was a very interesting to play. They had psychiatrists, mental health consultants on the game. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, because oftentimes, as I kind of hinted at earlier, mental health is is played as a gimmick. Yes, it's not treated respectfully. Um, I mean, this is was it this year that it came out? I'm just gonna yeah. check something. Um, something I'm thinking of something. Yeah, else. I was just just thinking of exactly the same it's, thing. It was the end of it was last year. Yeah, the film split. Yes, which I refused um, to see because of it. Even yeah. I've been told it's quite good. If you ignore that. Yeah, which deals with someone with split personality, which doesn't disorder. exist. But they call it schizophrenia at points as well. It, it's yeah, it's a schiz- schizophrenic disorder. Well, it's, it's non-existent of. disorder. It yeah, doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Um, but it's something where oh, look at this crazy person. Oh, they're nice now. Now they're really unpredictable. They're the bad guy because they're mentally ill. Yeah, Senya is the hero. Yes, and she's mentally ill. This, this and she fucking does her stuff in spite of it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, this is so good. Yeah, which yeah. That, that's, that's games haven't done that for me before no, to be honest with you I don't think there's much in the way of any medium that's done that with mental health particularly schizophrenia schizophrenia has been so demonised by yeah. the media in all formats that it's well you you're know, dangerous just, you're a schizo yeah you don't know you don't know what you're doing and you could like, do anything oh you're going to kill someone yeah like Joe from EastEnders oh, 20 years ago yeah yeah still hasn't really moved on from that and yet somebody who's schizophrenia is oh, a hundred times well not a hundred times that's sort of over exaggeration but a hell of a lot more likely to hurt themselves yeah. than dare hurt anybody else because yeah. that's how it's affecting it's affecting them it's, it's yeah. so it's I say it's nice but it's 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 refreshing to see a game where it is treated as it actually is that yeah. someone who's schizophrenic would actually have to try and deal with things yeah. and, and be- to overcome it and you're playing her role and you start I felt I start started to get a feel of what it's like to be someone like that and yeah. have these things and these intrusive kind of thoughts or hallucinations and not be able to trust what you see yes not be able to you know to have that kind of that monologue going on mm-hmm. that's picking at what you're doing yeah and yet she fucking carries on and she fucking does it yeah and it's it's i, I yeah i just thought it, it deserved it got a lot of praise mm-hmm. it kind of got picked on by other people um it's interesting that both our games of the year have a female protagonist yeah you don't see that again still in games as much as you could i mean some games like mass effect andromeda you can be femshep or manshep or whatever the equivalent was don't don't use those terms (laughs) (laughs) 
It's shepherd. You're either playing a male shepherd or a female shepherd. But yeah, but you're not really playing. You seemed really upset by that. Fucking hate that as a definition. Like, <laughs> that femme shepherd is like being a woman's different. It's like yeah. it isn't different. It's I, I, exactly the same. That's the whole point of the Mass Effect series. You play the yeah. man, you play the woman, the woman, and you get the same game. The same game. Yeah. Yeah. I was only poking you because I, I thought it'd be funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you angered the the. You're Lip- a... The libtard beast. Yes, you SJW cuck. <laughs> I've cucked you right off, and you didn't like what they say on Breitbart. <laughs> Cunts. Um... Uh, yeah, I can Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's still something that's it's quite different to actually have. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of men. Yeah, don't like to play games where they're a woman because they don't feel a connection to the because it's not like them. Okay. Do you get that? No. Do you understand that? Because I don't get. I personally don't get that. I mean, there's there's a small part of me that kind of understands if you're the sort of person that needs everything to feel of absolute personal reference to you. Yeah. Like some massive narcissist. It just feels like a failure of imagination and a failure of empathy. Yeah, hugely. I, I will deliberately pick things that aren't who I am. Possibly because I don't like me, but... Oh, dude. But no, but I want I to... I like you. <laughs> Thank you. It's all right. But no, but it, it, in all seriousness, because I want to experience what things are like for other people. And that's how you grow and develop, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, games have lacked that to some extent. Yeah, you can play a woman, but yeah. is Lara Croft really really embracing sort of what being a woman is like yeah. or is that sort of very masculine traits embodied in a woman yeah uh, you know is being meant is being schizophrenic just seeing things and hearing things over you or is it them mass trying to ma- force you to stop doing what you're doing and penalizing you and stopping you and yeah what it's like to actually push past that yeah no things haven't done that before it's, it's nice to see that happen yeah it's it's nice to see a game where a, a woman can be equally strong and and capable of defending themselves and being tough which are you know those terror stereotypically masculine yeah. traits which are bullshit um yeah uh, and still, women women push people out of themselves not all women but yeah, some, yeah. but a lot of women and, and still be feminine in some aspects yeah it's one of the things i really yeah. liked about horizon zero dawn is that it's pretty much true of all the women i mean she comes from a matriarchal society kind of thing yeah you know she's Although she's trying to be tough at various points in time and, you know, not show emotions and stuff, which, again, is like, you know, you'd be a man who don't show emotions, so she's embracing that because she's a warrior. Yeah. She's also quite happy to embrace that emotional side of things. And they show the men doing it as well. Yeah. But it's it's nice to see that, actually, you, you can have emotions and still be strong. Yeah. Sometimes there's a danger of just having... Like, in Mass Effect, quite often it just felt like... Yeah, if you the played, gender didn't matter, but then yeah. you're not you're not exploring that gender isn't something that you explore in the character. Then is it because no. because it's the same game either way? Yes, it's, it's nice to make that point. Yeah, but equally, yeah, you're not experiencing something different. Yeah. So part of Senua's trouble is she's a warrior. Yeah, but she's seen as not being as strong, and she's easier to sort of pick on and put down and to punish because she's a woman. Yeah, and it doesn't labour that point, but you kind of understand that. Those, those subtle micro aggressions almost yeah. Yeah. yeah like would would they have got away with treating a man with schizophrenia in the same way for mm-hmm. instance and yeah. call her a witch yeah oh, is that a, it's a gendered term yes and, and, and has negative connotations so yeah so I thought that was it was interesting yeah yeah definitely um, but I just I just it's not just because oh it's just talking about this stuff you just like it because it's talking about these things it's a good game as well mm. 
and I genuinely wanted to know what happened next. I genuinely wanted to keep playing it, and yeah. I wanted the one of the first things I wanted to do when I finished it was play it again. Yeah, because there was sort of enough of a reveal and enough of change to sort of cast maybe a different light on it when you played through it. Yeah, and I was kind of sad to let her go at the end of it. That's... I felt an attachment to that character. Yeah. Um, which which doesn't happen often with no. games. Even if you've got a game with a really good story, if the gameplay isn't there, the attachments can be slightly distant sometimes. Yeah. Um, but if you've got both, yeah, you could really latch on. And yeah, because I think games have this thing where games are essentially they have the potential to be the ultimate medium. Mm. In cinema, you watch stuff happen, and yeah. it's not you. There've been films that have been filmed from a first-person perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Maniac? Uh, a few years ago with yeah. um, Elijah Wood playing a murderer and it's all filmed from his perspective. That, that's an interesting film. Yeah. Um, it's an unpleasant film. Mm. Um, but you can really become someone in a game and you're you're them. There's that interactivity that yeah. breaks that divide. So when I play a horror game and bits of Senua are genuinely quite scary... Mm. I get far more scared and nervous than I do watching a horror film, reading a horror, even reading a horror book. Yeah, because I'm it's me. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm you, doing you, you, it. I'm making the decision. It's yeah. not. Oh, don't go in there. It's like I've got to go in there, and I, I've yeah. done this to me. And it just yeah, horror games. I'm trying to play Resident Evil, mm. which uh, seven, which it just cut, came out this year. But I haven't got far enough in it to talk about it. Yeah, but it fucking scares the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> But not only that, how long do you play a game for? I mean, Senior Sacrifice was a short game. I think it's sort of six to eight hours. Mm. Um, and you don't spend that long with someone yeah. in a film. No. It's more akin to sort of a TV miniseries yeah. kind of length of time. I mean, an even longer game would have... You're that character for even longer. Yeah. And you're closer to the character. So, you know, some people poo-poo storytelling games but a lot of the games I've really enjoyed have, are the ones that have good story yeah, yeah I don't mind playing FIFA yeah but I tend to play FIFA and I tend to play the management mode and then I buy a bunch of kids and watch them get better because it's kind of like a story oh, I remember when that kid was only a 70 now he's an 83 <laughs> way <laughs> not wet that sounded weird um, but you know there's there's that development yeah it's almost like you're make, I'm making a story yeah yeah yeah, pure gameplay games I don't think have as much of an interest for me now. No. Unless I'm playing them with someone else. Yes. Because then there's that interaction. Yeah. I don't feel that online, particularly. No, Like no, going no. and interacting with a bunch of strangers, they may as well be AI. No. So it doesn't, doesn't do it Frankly, me. doing it online with people I know feels weird distant. I can't quite yeah. make that link. Um, I used to play a couple of MMOs with friends... And it was odd playing in the same room as them. Yeah, that was that was fun. I could get engaged in that, but yeah. at distance, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but I had a great time playing Mother Russia Bleeds with you. Yeah. Sat there reliving Streets of Rage. Yeah. yeah. I had a great time playing Streets of Rage with you. Yeah. Uh, a long time ago yeah, now. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Jesus. Um, Eighteen months ago, but it's still on. It's still on YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> See how I link everything back to more content. Yes. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> Just I have very small frames of reference and we've done everything already. <laughs> but yeah, Senior Sacrifice, I thought, was just... It was different. Yeah. It kept me hooked, it kept me engaged, and 
it actually said something. Games don't normally say something. No. Games don't make me think. Yeah. Send your sacrifice. Hellblade, send your sacrifice. Made me think. Yeah. It made me go, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. And it made me reconsider the way I thought about certain things. Yeah. Which is good. That's what art should do. Yes. You know, whether it's a book, whether it's a film, whether it's poetry, whether it's a painting or a piece of sculpture, proper art is all about making some kind of link and making you think differently or yeah. adapt or yeah and you ain't going to get that from Call of Duty no because Call of Duty is the standards yeah. of games it's you know it's regular fills your time yeah it's very popular because it caters to everyone's tastes but it doesn't really mean anything it's fairly disposable yeah um, and there's long been a thing of you know can games be art something that someone creates for other people to experience can be art yes whether whether that's a book a film a teddy bear a cake a cake can be art if you eat a cake and you go oh my god this is oh oh, i didn't know food could be this amazing yeah that's changed your perspective hasn't it yeah you've like leveled up as a gourmet (laughs) other cake will be wrong to you now you've changed the way your palate works you've developed as a person it's like cake ruins you yes then it's, it's, it's the same, yeah. Some art can be painful. Yeah. But Send You a Sacrifice wasn't like a comfortable experience. It wasn't like transcendental no. or um, particularly like even necessarily super positive. Yeah. It's kind of horrible in places and upsetting in places. Yeah. But I like stuff like that. A lot of people don't. They don't like discomfort. Mm. They want to pretend that everything's hunky-dory all the time. But it's not. I'm sharing too much, aren't I? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's cool. Right, cool. so our next mission is you have to play my game and I have to play yours. Yeah, yeah. I'd happily play that. I'm really intrigued. Yeah. I don't mind shooting some robo-dinosaurs with a crossbow. Seems yeah. fun. <laughs> cool. Cool. So that was 2017 for video games. Are there any video games coming out in 2018 that you're really interested in? Um... <laughs> Talking about games about story. Yeah. Monster Hunter Worlds. So I was really interested in Monster Hunter World. Yep. And, and then you played it? And I played the demo and really didn't like it. It's... it's. See, I've got the advantage that I've played multiple of them before. Yeah. So I totally understand what's going on with everything. I know yeah. there's nothing to it. It's just you hunt monsters, get better stuff. Yeah. To deal with better monsters. But again, it's, which can feel a bit grindy, but it's got that constant progression thing going on, and it's very game-related, but it's fun with other people. Yeah. Um, and interacting and stuff, but yeah, I can tell you something why you wouldn't like it, because yeah. there's no story to it. I just, just bounced off the demo I played, I killed a boss and went, I'm done. Yeah. To be fair, the demo is missing quite a lot of the stuff that can make it interesting. Yeah, I did like that I got a cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. I just I like I, mean, I cook you meals and everything in the main game. I like I like cats. Yeah, yeah. You get a little chef one. It'll make food for you pretty oh, quite nice. well. It's nice because they're like they're like small humanoidish cats, aren't they? They they yeah. like run around and yeah. they talk and to they you help and, stuff and like do that. things and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was missing some of the elements. The 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 boss battles like they were over a lot quicker than they normally are. Yeah, they normally are absolute slogs. So you you're really getting engaged with that combat. Yeah. You have to run off and go eat at times because your stamina just depletes as you're going around. Halfway through a boss fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Which sounds hot. Sounds, sounds shit, but it's it's 
it feels like what it's supposed to like you're taking on some massive beast that is massively yeah. bigger and stronger than you are cool um, yeah it's satisfying might, to beat that I might still pick it up maybe if other people do and we can do it yeah do it because you can group together online yes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that might be fun but yeah. I'm not super excited about it no that's fair enough do you know what I am excited to play What's that? it's got pushed back um, but I think it's still coming out next year Far Cry 5 yeah that looks intriguing mostly I really enjoyed Far Cry 3 yeah I haven't played 4 or Far Cry Primal that have come out since yeah because they just look like kind of the same thing yeah, yeah I just really like the idea of Far Cry 5 and all the um the, the socio-political context surrounding it and yeah. the hillbillies and the cult and it seemed like a really odd move <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Like it could really alienate a bunch of people uh, and upset a bunch of people. Yeah. And I was like, that looks like it could be fun where to go to the because it's set in the American South. Yeah, and yeah, the people that you're fighting and killing and dealing with are essentially kind of like caricatured, horrible separatist redneck bastards. Yeah, I, yeah. Seems to be the case, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, why have you done that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be really... Because d- th- there's definitely a danger of stereotyping people from a certain area. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, a chance of offending people with certain political or religious views that are real. Normally, when these games offend people, they're foreign people far, far away. They're offending people close to home. Yeah. It could be interesting. I'm quite, yeah, I'm a happy... It could be a shit show. <laughs> Which is what I'm... Ha- I'm quite happy for them to do that. I mean, yeah. they've been quite happy to insult other cultures in, in the past. So they're dealing with their own culture now. Well, kind of. Ubisoft yeah. are French-Canadian, so to them, Americans are, 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 are as obscure, obscure races as Africa is to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They consider themselves massively separate from the Americans. Yeah. They consider themselves massively separate from the rest of Canada a lot of the time, but... Yeah. So I thought that could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a new Metro game. I quite like the Metro game. Yeah, Metro's always been interesting. Vampire, with a Y and no, no E, is coming out. Now, the only reason I mention that is that it's done by Don't Nod Entertainment, who are the ones that did Life is Strange. Oh, okay. Intrigued. Yeah. yeah. Ding. Yeah, it's like, I know these people are good. Um, so you play a doctor who's turned into a vampire Ooh. in London in the in 1918 during the Spanish flu pandemic. Ooh. And it just seems like it's going to be quite odd. Vampire doctor. Vampire doctor who... Um, it says here he's torn between his Hippocratic oath and his newfound bloodthirsty nature. That's definitely intriguing. And lots of dialogue options. Yeah. Um, potentially. Some of the bits I've heard mentioned sound like there's going to be some really tricky choices on do you feed, do you not feed, who do you feed on, who do you pick. Yeah. Um, and having good. consequences with it. Um, and I kind of trust them to tell a good story. And it's yeah. an intriguing idea. Yeah. Um, so that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um so I hope that's that's out fairly soon. Um, and then there's there's two games finally mm-hmm. that both had slightly controversial trailers recently. Okay. One being Detroit Become Human, which is a David Cage yeah. game. Which will either be quite good or fucking awful. Yeah, so he did Fahrenheit. Yes, which started off amazing and then went fucking awful. Yeah, yeah. Um this he, seems to be a this seems to be a thing. He also did is Heavy it, Rain. Yeah, Heavy Rain. There's one before it as well, which had um, David Bowie in it. 
Okay, yes, a long time ago. Yeah. And he also did Beyond Two Souls. Now, I loved Heavy Rain. Yes, Heavy Rain was very good. Had Beyond, its problems. Beyond but... Two Souls was dire. Yeah, it was shocking. And Fahrenheit was okay. The reason it's been, it's kind of picked my piqued my interest is the recent trailer where it focuses on the robotic nanny mm-hmm. who is looking after the kid the dad is treating her like crap and then starts wailing on the kid and it gives you all these different things that you as yeah. the robot could do you could just let the dad beat up the kid you could intervene in lots of different ways and it shows you all sorts of terrible things yeah. happening or good things happening as a response if and it seems really interesting. I'm hoping it's not a case of it over-promising in a fable kind of way. Yeah, which is what my concern is. I've got another concern as well. Okay, now... I'll let you... It might be the same thing as me, because to see a game tackling domestic violence in that way, mm-hmm. is it just trying to grab attention and be shocking, or is it going to actually deal with some real-life issues that happen now and then put them into the future and show how things are? I really hope so. Yeah, because it could either be really really good like send your sacrifice mm-hmm. and it's dealing with mental health yeah or it could be fucking just, just, dire yeah, just, just the problem is i don't think if david cage is being the main writer as he has been in the other games and stuff yeah he thinks he's cleverer than he is yeah he unfortunately embodies that I, i'm doing something i'm trying to make a point put a point across and make a message and he's just really haphazard and overhanded with it and yeah actually does more damage than it does good and I'm yeah. a little concerned if he's got control over it, that's what it's going to be like yeah that's a fa- that's fair enough. given his spotty past yes. record but I'll be keeping my eye out for yeah, it yeah definitely it's, it's intrigued yeah, after him it's intrigued and if it holds up to what it should be then yeah it'd be, be amazing yeah and then the the last game that I'm I, this is probably the game I'm looking forward to the most mm-hmm. next year I like to build up to these things yeah um, is The Last of Us Part 2 because The Last of Us is one of my favourite games. Yeah, yeah, The Last of Us was um, story-wise very good. It's just so good. Mm. The, some of the stealth combat bits are frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could take those to leave those, but... Um, no, you just level up your knives and get fine, the instant yeah. kill stuff. It's fine. But, um, but, and he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, the characters yeah. are amazing. But it had a, a recent trailer that had a lot of violence against women in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite brutal mm. and it was just sort of a cutscene from the game. Yeah. Which kind of devoid of context almost came across a bit sort of torture porny yeah. to some people. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those people, I'm afraid. Yeah, see, I, I enjoyed the trailer. Yeah. Because I think when I watched it, I put it into the broader context of having seen the other little teasers yeah. and having played the other game and seeing, like, thinking, oh, how would those characters, you know, how would Ellie and Joel interact with these people how would they fit into yeah. this world how would they deal with these situations and I, I kind of my mind extrapolated yeah. beyond yeah, yeah. it yeah, yeah, but as a that. single thing to get you excited about a game well, it wasn't really the best thing for anyone who's not doing that not who's really. not already bought into the game the, which the, if you bought into the extent I was you didn't need to sell me it in that way anyway the trade that was done before was much better with, with Ellie in, in the thing playing the playing guitar, the guitar. Yeah. that was that was the right level of sombre yet dark with that little tinge of possible hope in the background for it. Yeah, and then you see her sort of she's covered in blood and there's dead people. And yeah, it's, yeah, and it's, it's like, it's that's okay. Jarring. That's what that Last of Us does, actually. Yeah. It has these tender moments and then these brutal moments. Yes. And they, 
Did you ever play the DLC for Last yeah, of Us? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that was just horrible. It was like, oh, yay, oh, no. Yeah. Again, Ellie's kind of the protagonist. You play Joel for most of The Last of Us, but yeah. you play Ellie for bits of it, yeah. and she's as important, if not more important. Yeah, yeah. It's more her story it than is. Joel's. Yeah. Especially than the DLC, then you are her, and it is yeah. her story. Yeah, Joel's almost like just the vassal for you to interact with her essentially so she can tell well, her story he has his own he dark does. background yeah yeah but I feel by the end of The Last of Us kind of his story is done and told yeah it's then kind of almost like I want it to pass the torch to her yes I'm intrigued and stuff yeah. I mean unfortunately that trailer just seemed like bleak bullshit for the sake of bleak bullshit and yeah. although I know they can do better with it yeah if that's all it is then it is just torture porn shit and yeah. they're putting, doing, wasting potential with it. It's like you could have done so much more with that trailer. It's just all horrible people yeah. being horrible to each other. That's not new. It felt slightly like they just completed a really good cinematic and went, we could just release this. Yeah, a little bit. Again, like you said, in the wider context, I know their writing can be much better than that. The Last of Us was very well written and did well with things, but unfortunately that trailer didn't put that across at all. It deserved, it deserved the backlash it got. Yeah. And... It's made me a bit tentative of it again. Yeah. You know, I think it's that we're being dark and horrible just because we can be dark and horrible. Look at us being adult and edgy. Yeah. It's what it came across to me. And it's like, well, The Last of Us didn't come across as we're being dark and edgy for the sake of being dark and edgy. It's like, this is a counterpoint to the tender moments. This is a contrast. Um, yeah. Whereas that felt a little bit more like we're just, this is a horrible world. We're just showing you horrible stuff. It's like, okay, yeah. I've watched a million things like that I don't need to play a game about it yeah. it's just, I could look out a window and I'd like that. quite like or I'd quite hope that the characters introduced in that trailer were part of the game yes and not yeah. just like some kind of disposable thing and they're important and, yeah, and, yeah. and therefore you're they're kind of teasing here, here are some people who've who've seen some shit yeah yeah but they're, they're going to be in it but yeah yeah I'm I'm still excited for Last of Us 2 are you or has the trailer made you go yeah <sighs> The trailers made me go, mm. I want to see what the rest of it's like, though. As you yeah. said, the other stuff I've seen for it and past history makes me go, it's probably just a one-off stupid blunder yeah. rather than anything actually showing anything. But yeah, we'll see. That's what we're looking forward to, then. Yeah. And in between now and those games coming out and us talking about them, we're probably going to play a whole bunch of little games on the yeah, channel. Yeah. A few Let's Plays. Yeah. And probably po podcast every fortnight rather than every week. So yes. we don't run out of stuff to talk about. Yes. We've, we want to be high quality content. Say the people that today have spent over two hours talking about stuff and had to split the episode in two. Yeah, but if that happens every two weeks, then you get an episode every week. Yeah. Fine. So stop your complaining. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So we'd really like to know what you thought were your best games of 2017. Yes. Uh, be they video games, tabletop games, or other types of games. What other types of games are they? Just... Not sex games, please. Sex game. I, I actually, if you want to share your sex games, that's that's fine. I don't think we're that adult a channel yet. No, I'm not. Okay, don't precious shame. ears. Just so I could deal with that trailer. Just type so not blood and naked people. <laughs> just type not for Aaron at the top, and then oh, that'd be fine. Tell me about your winky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. Um, yeah, but if you've got a favourite game, if you massively agree with us, then we like to have our egos massaged. If yeah. you massively disagree with us, be articulate, otherwise we'll get pissy. <laughs> yeah, but if you are articulate, then it's good to have your ideas challenged. Yes, it is. Yeah, happy, happy to have a have a debate about yeah. stuff. Well, I was was 
didn't give a shit about Tides of uh, Numenera. <laughs> but I might give it a go. Whereas the same with Last of Us had put me off. Whereas now, yeah, I might try it. I'm more intrigued. Oh. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed that, you know, leave us a review on iTunes or on your podcasting. That would really help. Yes. Because uh, nice. the more of those we get, the more people see what we do. Mm. And then the more stuff we can do because you know sometimes sometimes it's nice to know you're not just shouting into the void yeah a little bit but it's also you know it keeps us keeps us going keeps the channel growing yeah. without without it's a bit capitalist isn't it without constant growth comes stagnation and yeah. death we crave the numbers man I'm, I'm happy with like 10 to twenty thousand views on everything yeah that'd be fine yeah I'd, that's that's huge but you know obviously it's a number i'll be happy with yeah um <laughs> But leave us a like, subscribe, maybe share it and tell a friend. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't have to. We ain't pushy. We're nice people. Which is why you should do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that too passive-aggressive? This is going on way too long, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, yeah. We'll, we'll be the loot box of podcasts. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about some kind of game. Yeah. We'll of some description. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, I've been... Brian Ennis. And I've been Aaron Vinsky. We have been the Critical Twits, and we'll be back soon. Bye.